soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. John Watts is my guest for today's Song of the Soul. John is a young friend, a Quaker in the 18 to 35 age range, and he's found a passion and a ministry through his music. He graduated from Guilford College a year ago, then spent a year at Pendle Hill Quaker Study Center, a year in which he founded Bull and Mouth Records. Hip-hop and indie rock are his preferred musical styles, and George Fox, James Naylor, and other Quakers are his homies. He's bringing us in with a tune. <laughs> Welcome, John, to Song of the Soul. Thank you. Are you tired out from this wonderful week of rich things, and including you're working with the teen group here, aren't you? Right, yeah, I'm a counselor in the high school program. Surprisingly, I'm not tired. As far as I'm concerned, the structure of the program is that we sign up for what we think we can handle as counselors, and I didn't sign up for many late-night things, so I've gotten enough sleep. Enough being defined as? Mm, six hours a night-ish. Ah. <laughs> Comparatively, compared with the other counselors, that's quite a bit of sleep. Did you go through the teen program here at the FGC Gathering? Yes, I did two years, my freshman year of high school and then my senior year of high school. I was here ten years ago, or nine years ago, as a 14-year-old. So are you a lifelong Quaker, is, or was this something that came on along the way? Both. Okay. <laughs> I grew up in Richmond, in the Richmond, Virginia monthly meeting, 
sort of went through the Baltimore Yearly Meeting camping program and then the Young Friends program there. Went to Guilford College for three years. I skipped my junior year. In the last year of my time at Guilford College, which was 2005 to 2006, I feel like I had a real deep shift in my understanding and commitment to Quakerism and Quaker practice. In that, I made a commitment to do a senior project for the Quaker Leadership Scholars Program at Guilford. And the senior project that I committed to was that I would record an album and I didn't, I didn't know what that meant at the time. I would record an album because I, I was going to record an album anyway, and then I had to do this senior project, so I figured I would combine them. I feel like that was, that was coming from a, a real deep place, and it took some courage to commit to that because I didn't know what it would look like. And the first thing that I did was I recorded a version of the song Dear Friends, which had been an important song to me in the camping program. Brought in people to play violins and a bunch of other Quakers at the school to sing the round. Then I had an interview with Max Carter, who's the director of Friends Center at Guilford College, and he gave me a bunch of really good stories about early friends that I ended up feeling really connected to and um, wrote songs about. So the name of that project is A Few Songs Occasioned. That's not on your newest released album? Or it is, is it? It's not. It's not that, on here. No, yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually given that to you. It's called A Few Songs Occasioned. It's a whole separate CD from this one. And that was sort of the start of my combining my art and my ministry, or my art and my spirituality, and then exploring, exploring this idea of ministry from there. So I released that my senior year and got a lot of good feedback from the Quaker community about it. And, you know, it's in the Pendle Hill Bookstore and the FGC Bookstore. And lots of folks have come to me, and especially at Guilford, because I released it at Guilford and gave it out at Guilford and felt like this was really deep work. So this past year at Pendle Hill has been a continuation of that idea, that shift in my life of exploring art and spirituality. Maybe you better explain for our audience, the ones who aren't sitting in front of us, what Pendle Hill is. Okay, so Pendle Hill is a Quaker retreat center. Um, I could use a lot more words than that. It's a Quaker retreat center outside of Philadelphia that has a lot of programming for week-long sort of short courses and weekend courses for people who are interested in Quakerism and Quakers and people who have never heard of Quakers before to come and explore and deepen their spirituality and sojourn. And I spent a year there in the resident student program. So you're just coming off of that. When did you produce this CD that we have, The Art of Fully Being? So this was in the fall of my year at Pendle Hill. I was really blessed at Pendle Hill to be given a space on that campus to record. And so I set up all my equipment there and then also just had this really deep spiritual community and elders who helped me through the process of recording this, The Art of Fully Being. I feel like it sort of goes hand in hand with my senior project in that my senior project, A Few Songs Occasion, was really outward. I was focusing on the stories of the early friends. And this album, The Art of Fully Being, is focusing on my story, as other albums that I've recorded have, but it's approaching my story from sort of a new direction, from this spiritual direction. I think you wanted us to start with a song called Instructions for Use. Yeah. Why that song? Why is that starting off your song of the soul, John? 
I typically start off shows with this song called Instructions for Use, and the E in use is in parentheses in the song title. It just came to me that way, and so I've struggled with whether to call it, and Mark was just asking me whether to call it Instructions for Use or Instructions for Us. So that title speaks to me every time someone asks me that question. I feel instructed by spirit. I felt led to put it early in the album and to have it sort of be a, well, I think the title speaks for it, yeah, to be instructions for how to, how to listen to this music. Okay. I'd like to listen to it now. I'd like to have you play it. Sure. But how about if we start with a period of worship, and when you feel ready to bring the song out of worship, you'll start it out, okay? Great. Thanks, yeah. John. songs don't say anything you don't already know. Love your life, listen, and chew your food slow. Climb trees and be happy and listen to your pain. Experience the spectrum and let go of your shame. It's all the same. I write reminders. Don't idolize me, please. Treat me like a post-it note, then idolize the trees and life and earth and all that's in between. We're made of space, so listen, because silence holds a key. You should use this album to return to listen. And when you're ready, turn it off and listen to something. Because I don't exist inside of this, it just captures a moment. It's good to look inside this book at memories it's holding. But I'm not here, I'm somewhere else continuing the story. Just because it's written down does not get euphoric. It's like sometimes good and sometimes bad and sometimes it's just boring. So welcome, welcome, come on and you're welcome to enjoy it. Or turn it off and sit on rocks and listen to the morning. That was Instructions for Use by John Watts, my guest for Song of the Soul today. You play guitar, do you play other instruments? Is music your major? Is that what you studied at school? Is that what you meant to do with your life, or are you supposed to be a mathematician or something? (laughs) Well, I'd say that I focused on music and Quakerism in school. It's not what I majored in. But I think that was really intentional because I didn't want to institutionalize my passion. To give something that I'm really passionate about to an institution to sort of have full power over my direction in it. I've seen so many of my musician friends go to school for music and then get really burnt out on music and lose the passion or lose the spiritual aspect of it. So Mm -hmm. I dabbled in music classes and ended up with a music minor in college and it was mostly based on like taking classes that I felt interested in and that I felt would would support me and help me grow. Who've been your musical influences? Who are the people on the music side of the equation who've spoken to you, who've been influential in building that music inside you? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, a lot. Oh, man. A lot of folks. A lot of folks. Um, I guess in high school when I was first learning about the sort of underground hip-hop things that were happening, I, I got really into this band called Infectious Organisms in Richmond, Virginia, where I was from. And they were a live jazz band with two MCs, and they were just phenomenal. I was so blown away by them. And then I got into all this underground hip-hop that was emotional and intelligent and spiritual, a band called Atmosphere, a guy named Sage Francis, a guy named Aesop Rock. Then when I went to Guilford College, there was a lot less hip-hop and a lot more independent rock music, indie rock, they call it. And when I first heard it, I just thought it was so quirky and not very good. But it grew on me. It took some time and it grew on me, and now I, I get... I get a lot out of artists like Death Cab for Cutie and The Decemberists and Bright Eyes and most recently Suf John Stevens has had a real deep effect on my musical journey and A Few Songs Occasioned, my senior project at Guilford, is the idea to write biographical songs about the early friends. The idea for that came from Suf John Stevens' album that's called Come On, Feel the Illinois in which he writes biographical songs about folks in Illinois. I think for your next song, you've chosen Friend Speaks My Mind. Now, that is a phrase that we Quakers know very well. Somehow that those words fit for you now. Did they fit for you your freshman year in college? I think you talked about a change that happened somewhere towards the end of your college career. What's this song about? Friend Speaks My Mind is sort of a light-hearted song that just sort of approaches all the kind of Quaker language and quirks of our of our culture in a way that, you know, hip-hop a lot of times will be geographically specific. So someone will be making a song about how much they love the South or how much they love New York City. Or there's even a band called Atmosphere that's from Minneapolis that makes songs like representing Minneapolis. And I thought it would be kind of fun to sort of base a song on that hip-hop idea of sort of giving shout-outs to different people and institutions in a geographical space, but do it with the Religious Society of Friends. I think to perform this song properly, don't you have to sing with yourself and play with yourself and do like four different instruments? Do you do all these different instruments in addition to guitar? Yeah, I play all the instruments on my album, except there's one trumpet that's played by someone who lived at Pendle Hill. She was just really good at the trumpet, and so I had her come out and stick a mute in it. It ended up sounding really good. Normally when I play in shows, I'll have an acoustic electric guitar, which hooks up to a looper, and so I'll play a little riff, like... And then I'll loop that, so it's going over and over again, and then I can play something like a bass line over it and loop that and then I can just let that go and I don't have to play guitar at all and I can just rap over that and then add little things here and there but since I came out here on a bus <laughs> I wasn't able to bring my equipment to the Midwest this time You feel ready to do Friend Speaks My Mind? Yeah, I can do it I need a little help from this audience The first thing is that when I say so all you friends in the meeting house, put your hands up and then twist them at the wrists like you just got out of handcuffs. I need you to do this. This is a It doesn't everyone have to do it or else it's <laughs> we're not in unity. It's, it's necessary for the song. And the other thing is that at the end 
at the end of the song, kind of like a, a hip-hop song that gives shout-outs at the end of the song. I'll just sort of give shout-out like things to different Quaker institutions, and I need you all to say, Friend Speaks My Mind, in return to the shout-out. So it will be something like... Okay, to BYM, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And to FGC, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. Like that, yeah. Great. Let's do it. Okay. Friend Speaks My Mind by John Watts. Is that water for me by any chance? That water is for you. It's for bathing. (laughs) There's not much of it for that purpose. Okay, now I found Quakers when I was just a kid And now I'm studying them I hope you know how that is I got George Fox on my right James Naylor's on my left And Margaret Fell is holding us together Give her some respect It's that first generation we look back to To find out what being a friend means through and through I don't fully understand it I don't know if I can But I understand enough to know that I am a fan I'm like, damn, I didn't think that I would do this anymore I got bored listening to lectures Felt like a chore But now I'm begging Max Carter Just to tell me some more Oh lord So when I heard this Christian stuff I'd get uncomfortable a lot Like what does Jesus have to do with George Fox And when I heard the word Christ It would make my jaw drop But now I kinda understand the man I got a soft spot Not a Christian But I'm a Quaker I got Christ in her light, but he's not my savior on a date to meet my maker. I got down at young friends with some funky behavior. All right. Now I'm a liberal friend, that means FGC and tons of other acronyms that set me free And I've been running the gambit from Quaker camps to sandwiches with the Young Friends crew I know we offend you, but yo, we're Quaker like the rest of y'all Just cause we go to bed later doesn't mean that midnight isn't Quaker And yo, I'm sorry like everybody that Quakers had to split But just don't blame Elias Hicks for all our problems We're the society of friends It's time we acted like it And start to work together just to try and solve them So all you friends in the meeting house Put your hands up and then twist them at the wrists Like you just got out of handcuffs You clap for me Come on and clap silently You gotta clap for me You gotta clap silently I'm not a Christian not a Christian, but I'm a Quaker. I got Christ in her light, but he's not my savior. On a date to meet my maker, I got down at young friends with some funky behavior. Alright, I found George Fox living in a journal and it's fertile. I'm learning, I mean, I jumped a lot of hurdles and done a lot of discerning just to get to where I'm sure that the ancestors are working for certain. Met the spirit in person, now living my life, nurture and worship. In certain circles, there's a focus on service. Now I know you might say, well that's some backwards theology. I know you might say, well that's not right. But it's the way that I grew up and it's the way that I'm presenting it. Let's hold all our differences in the light. All right, I'm not a Christian, 
But I'm a Quaker I got Christ in a light But he's not my savior On a date to meet my maker I got down at young friends With some funky behavior Okay, to Richmond Friends Meeting, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And to BYM, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And now to FGC, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And go to FCNL, like, Friend Speaks My Mind. And down to Guilford College, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And out to Pendle Hill, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And that's QLSP, like, Friend Speaks My Mind. And out to Earlham College, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. And even EFI, yo, Friend Speaks My Mind. Mind and out to F U M, yo, friend speaks my mind, and to our friends out in Kenya, yo, friend speaks my mind, and to Canada, yo, friend speaks my mind. <laughs> that friend speaks my mind. <laughs> Thanks, John. All right, yeah. <laughs> Is it hard to do it live instead of when you're in the studio, you get to do it over and over and over, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you spend weeks. Uh, you've originated. Your own record label right now, or I don't—I don't know if I want to say it's your record label, but it's the one that you've helped birth. Tell us about it. Yeah, when I did the senior project, a few songs occasioned something really magical happened for me in joining the art and spirituality. It's so good to have a recording of it, to have done this recording, because the ministry can just spread even when I'm not looking. People can be listening to the songs and be affected by them. I've had this recording equipment for a long time. I've been gathering recording equipment from my senior year of high school. I started, you know, my brother brought home this computer that I could record on and just been been gathering microphones and things like that since. And I've had this idea for a long time that I have this recording equipment that I'm only using to record myself on. As soon as I realized the power of this, you know, joining art and spirituality together, I felt a really deep leading to use that tool, that understanding, and also the equipment to serve other musicians who I had felt really powerfully moved by. And so I applied for a grant with the Clarence and Lily Pickett Endowment, which is an endowment for young adult Quakers who are needing support for whatever ministry or traveling that they're doing. I received the grant, and I also got the opportunity to live at Pendle Hill for the year, and that gave me everything that I needed. I had a spiritual community. I had support there. I had a space to record, so I really, I really went all out. I recorded this album, The Art of Fully Being. I started a website and recorded an album for... Um, I record two albums for people at Guilford that I felt really powerfully moved by. One is Joshua Shelton, and the title of his album is Plateau. We recorded that over the, the holidays. Which holidays? The, um, you know, around... Since uh, you're not a Christian, I was just wondering <laughs> which holidays. I thought maybe it was uh, the, the Jewish high holidays might have been during Ramadan. The winter break from oh, Pindle Oh, those Hill. ones. Okay. <laughs> And and in March, I traveled down to Guilford College and released The Art of Fully Being with Joshua Shelton's Plateau. So we released them together and um, alternated songs. And that was really cool. It feels so good to be in relationship with other musicians and be supported in those relationships. And so I produced his album for him and helped him put together the art and print that all out. Then did the same thing for William McKinley Ward, who's also a Guilford College student. 
and the name of his album is The Breaks Between. And I'm so excited about both of these people. I just feel so blessed to be in relationship with them and to have been given the opportunity to record and produce their music. They've sort of reflected to me a similar excitement. And so I just, I just feel like we're really moving forward with this in an incredible way. I feel really powerfully about it. Has that album been released yet? The Breaks Between, we finished in May... And William came up to Pendle Hill and played a little release show, but he's hoping to play one in the fall as well at Guilford College. But the album is available online at the website for the record label, which is bullandmouthrecords.com. Bull and Mouth Records. Bull and Mouth Records. Bull and Mouth Records. (laughs) Why Bull and Mouth? Yeah. Something really cool that happens in indie rock is that people are starting to reference the past a lot you see all these posters and album covers with all this freely kind of scroll looking like sort of from the middle ages kind of artwork and i feel really excited about that about taking the titles of things and the ideas for things from the past and moving them into the present and relating with them again so that's what i did with a few songs occasioned you know looking at stories from the past and relating to them today in a method that that is current in a music that we understand today. So the stories of James Naylor and Solomon Eccles and George Fox, as I was studying them, I got into a lot of details and names and places and the names of people. And when I was looking for a name for the record label, I went back to a few songs occasion and looked through at the names of places that were reoccurring. And one of them was this place called the Bull and Mouth Meeting House, which was in in London in the 1650s. When the Quakers first got to London, what they did was they bought a tavern, this huge tavern called the Bull and Mouth Tavern, and they converted it into a meeting house that could hold hundreds of Quakers, and they left the sign up. So it was the Bull and Mouth Meeting House, and there was this tavern sign out front with, you know, and all the signs were for people who couldn't read, so there were just pictures, and so there was just this big bull and a mouth right outside the door of their meeting house. Then there, there are all these amazing stories that happened there because everything was in such turmoil in 17th century England and London. So the Bull and Mouth meeting house is where James Naylor sort of got his start in really ministering and bringing people to Quakerism. And it's also where Solomon Eccles stripped off all of his clothes and put the basket of burning coals on his head and ran naked through the streets of London. So there's a lot of history there in in that name, Bull and Mouth Records. Let's go on to number three for your song of the soul, John. Yeah. We are lovers of our lost earth. Tell me the history. Where, where did this one come from? So my junior year of college, I left Guilford, and I took a year off, and I lived in Portugal. I was living in cities, which was a new thing to me. I had been, I was raised sort of in the country, so I was really used to gravel driveways and fields and woods and getting in a car occasionally and going to the city, but this thing of walking down sidewalks and public transportation and smog was totally new to me. Living in it was a new experience for me. And the first reaction that I had to that, to living in the city, was to feel kind of angry. I would be walking around and breathing in the exhaust from cars 
and feeling like I didn't want that in my body and I would be really overwhelmed with all the cars driving by and all the buildings and billboards and people and I just felt really overwhelmed and I felt all this angry and agitated energy and I realized that I was projecting that to the people around me. Sometimes I would walk down the street and pass someone and see from their face and from their reaction that I had just given them an angry look. Once that started being reflected to me, I recognized that that's not the effect that I want to have on the world and the community around me. Even if I was feeling agitated at living in the city, it's not the guy's fault that's walking past me, and it's not going to do any good to be angry with him in that way. But I still wanted to respect that I was feeling overwhelmed and that my body did not want all this carbon monoxide in it. So the idea that I had, I sort of formulated this mantra as I was walking around of inhale exhaust and exhale love as I was walking around. So emotionally that can be translated into like inhaling carbon monoxide and feeling angry and agitated about that. But when I look at people, seeing their humanity and feeling love for them. And then at some point I realized that that's what trees are doing the scientific process is what trees are doing is inhaling carbon monoxide and exhaling oxygen which is what we need to live which is the deepest form of love I think so the song was just coming out of that I didn't sit down and say I'm going to write a song about that idea it just I was writing and this this is what came out that sounds like something I need my wife has to put up with me frequently as we go driving around and I see something else uh, symbol of our culture, a strip mall or some other such thing, which I just, there's too much and it's so brainlessly commercial. And I say things like, I hate our culture. I hate our culture. I think I need to, to inhale the strip malls and exhale love. Right. So I'm going to listen real deeply as you play We Are Lovers of Our Lost Earth. This is John Watts and this is his Song of the Soul. I'm like friendship, because I'll never go away I'm like a drop of rain on a cloudy day And I'm awake, as if I never went to sleep And now I'm dancing in the street as if there was no street Now I'm alone, and I'm surrounded I could try to find myself a home, but houses are too crowded My living situation here, foundations just been founded I spend my time considering, considerations, boundaries Don't look at me, because I'm old don't say you've heard of me because my story's not been told I'm living underground this year, the surface is too cold It's a landslide, landslide, rebounding these old roads Just inhale, exhaust, exhale Us to places to 
tangential to mention you I could give you names and I could name dates and I could focus on the means to end all the debates but this is music it's elusive I produce it exclusively and it leads to loose conclusions which destroy illusions usefully I don't like running in place so now I'm walking in the city carbon monoxide in my lungs I feel empty we cut down all the trees so now it's up to us we've got to inhale exhaust exhale love John Watts and his song, We Are Lovers of Our Lost Earth. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production called Song of the Soul. John is sharing his Song of the Soul with us today, and some of the songs you're hearing are the live versions that he performed for our audience at the 2007 Friends General Conference gathering. But this one was the version he performed and mastered for his CD, The Art of Fully Being. Back in the song, Friend Speaks My Mind, you repeat the phrase, you know, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Quaker. The roots of your spirituality, uh, how much are they connected with this nature stuff, this uh, connection to the earth, I guess I'd say? I haven't explored that much. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm not a Christian, actually. I would say that that song is the spiritual autobiography of my young friend's experience, which was in some ways anti-Christian and growing up in that community I was just taking it in I didn't do a whole lot of questioning and so this is sort of a reflection of of those communities that I grew up in and what my identity felt like as I was leaving them but I think the Guilford College experience brings you a lot closer to Christianity too doesn't and the Quaker Leadership Scholars Program does that bring you closer to looking at those Christian roots and what they mean to you or don't mean to you as fits. It certainly does, yeah. Max Carter, who started the program, had the intention of starting a dialogue between the different branches of Quakerism, which is a pretty rare thing as I understand it. So they actively try and recruit, you know, Guilford has become really popular for the unprogrammed liberal friends. When I was there, it was just like a ton of Baltimore yearly meeting folks that were in the QLSP program. But there were just a few key local folks who had grown up in program meetings 
that really brought us a whole new truth that felt uncomfortable and we had never heard it before and there was just a lot of growth that happened there in that dialogue so yeah max carter is doing is doing really amazing work down there mm-hmm. let's move on to number four for your song of the soul are you a political activist type person mm, i wouldn't say that i am i went to an anti-war protest in the spring that it was the first protest that I had really been to and I didn't feel like it particularly spoke to me. So I don't feel like I've been led into political activism, no. The next song mentions Iraq and it mentions Tom Fox. Did you grow up connected with his family there in Richmond meeting? No, he was up at Langley Hill, which is north of D.C., and he, he was a FAP, a friendly adult presence at the Young Friends conferences that I started going to my sophomore year of high school. He was a really quiet guy. He had really loving eyes. And he was just a real, a real presence there, despite not saying a whole lot. So I spent three years in that program and sort of got to know him in that way. And he got to know me. And his son is about my age, Andrew. Then when I went to Guilford, I left that Young Friends program and I didn't see Tom much, except he would occasionally show up at Guilford for one thing or another. And I had heard that he went to Iraq to help the Christian Peacemakers team, but I didn't know much about the specifics of what he was doing until he was abducted partway through my fir- the first semester of my senior year at Guilford. And then there was this sort of swarm of media in Greensboro, people, you know, reporters, coming up to me and asking me if I knew Tom and when I said yes asking me a whole lot more questions about what he was doing in Iraq and how I felt about the war and so it certainly it certainly got me thinking more mostly I just felt powerfully about my relationship with Tom and so I feel strongly about the work that he was doing there I really cared about Tom a lot his abduction and death was really significant for for me and for my community lots of folks at Guilford at the time, knew Tom. And so his abduction and death had a real ripple effect on our community. When I got the leading to write a song about Tom and my relationship to Tom, it was like, it was really intimidating. But that was the time that I was writing a song about James Naylor, who was an early friend who was one of the leaders of Quakerism, one of the original founders and leaders of Quakerism, who ended up in circumstances where he was being really punished. He was, you know, whipped through the streets of London and had a hole bored through his tongue and a bee branded on his forehead for a blasphemer. And I was just really emotionally involved with this story that I was writing for my senior project. And so when all this was happening with Tom, I was in the relationship with James Naylor, and it it seemed natural to write some kind of biographical or story song about what happened with Tom. And I just sort of committed to it and started writing a little bit of it, and it came out slowly throughout the summer at Pendle Hill. And then I recorded it around October, and it's on the, the new CD, The Art of Fully Being. Would you like me to play it from the CD? I think there's a part in the recording that's particularly powerful, the wailing in the background, or would you care to perform it? I think I might perform it, and you can play whatever you want from the CD on the actual show. Okay. So let's listen to There is a Spirit in Iraq by John Watts. Dear Tom, I don't know where you are right now. It's just a few people who do. 
I'm wondering what life's like for you now. These weeks I've been thinking of you. This past meeting for worship, we held you in prayer. And as I sat breathing American air, I kept wondering what life's like there. Are they feeding you? Dear Tom, my inbox is full. It's all stories and pictures of you. It's high time we put RE in front of connection and hope that you're feeling it too. Dear Tom, I just talked to my mom. I was coming from hiking the trail. Somehow I knew that the call was about you. She said that they found you. Dear Tom, I'm thinking of writing a song. I fear that I won't do it right. But I know that you're with me in loving the wrong and not letting it keep you from life. Dear Tom, your children are strong. I saw Cassie yesterday on the news. She got asked some tough questions and we're all asking now when our media will stop ignoring truth. And I haven't talked to Andrew, I hear he's not well. I can't imagine the things he must feel. And if spirit would give me the words, I would tell him I love him and hope he can heal. Everybody feels you, Tom. You're not long gone, you'll live on in songs and in our hearts. And I can do my part and make this art. Spirit finishes what it starts. Tom Fox, this is John Watts. Can you hear me? Have I listened to you clearly? I've read your blog and I know it's not lost, but we lost you. We didn't know what this would cost you. You're lost in war zones. We wish we had you back, but you brought the war home. There's a spirit in Iraq. I'm remembering back to when you were a fap. You had a silent and a powerful presence. You had so much wisdom that you kept inside, but we knew you were wise. Your silence was the evidence. I learned from your eyes not to speak all the time. To be wise means to not have to prove it. And we talk about patience and love all the time, but you showed me that someone can do it. They're saying the battle you're fighting is lost because you didn't live all the way through it. Some Christians have said that your mission has ended, and even they've said it was foolish. Tom Fox, this is John Watts. Can you hear me? Have I listened to you clearly? Have read your blog? And I know it's not lost, but we lost you. We didn't know what this would cost you. You're lost in war zones. We wish we had you back, but you brought the war home. There's a spirit in Iraq. I said I believed in you in an interview. I felt I had to do with Fox News. And the man looked at me and said he fully understood how bad it must feel in my shoes. But my shoes are fine, I feel quite a bit of pain But the bombs here fall less often than the rain And consecutive days are relatively the same I don't have to hide if the Americans find my name So when they assume I want revenge, I don't fully understand There are thousands in Iraq who won't have that And we can still sit back in our comfortable chairs And laugh and get mad about the Nasdaq So I know what you did, Tom Fox I know how you helped those people the good that you've done is important right now in the face of this thing that's so evil because they're pushing the families apart and it's hard to pull them together and when I think of your life there's a peace in my heart that sees peace and can last us forever Tom Fox, this is John Watts, can you hear me? Have I listened to you clearly? I've read your blog and I know it's not lost but we lost you we didn't know what this would cost you you're lost in war zones we wish we had you back but you brought the war home This is John Watts, can you hear me? Have I listened to you clearly? Have read your blog and I know it's not lost But we lost you, we didn't know what this would cost you You're lost in war zones, we wish we had you back But you brought the war home
didn't know what this would cost you You're lost in war zones We wish we had you back, but you brought the war home There's a spirit in Iraq must be hard to perform a song like that with someone you're so close to 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 just make it through the song mm. do you do concerts where have you been performing these songs right so since i just graduated from college i don't have really a clear and set schedule for my life i'm sort of skipping around from institution to institution so i went from guilford to pendle hill and now i'm moving up to new hampshire to work at a small quicker boarding school called the meeting school So it's somewhat sporadic how much I'm performing. When I was at Pendle Hill, I was performing quite a bit. Um, I did the release show at Guilford College, and then there were a lot of opportunities at Pendle Hill to share these songs. This is I I really want to thank you all for holding this space in this way. Most of these songs, this is the first time I've tried to play them just with me and a guitar. And when I have the looper and the loop is going, I can really build on it and feel there's like so much spiritual energy that comes out of that when I'm playing them live. It would be nice to know how to build that kind of energy with just me and a guitar without that equipment, but I I haven't figured that out yet. And so often with the looper, when I'm playing, like, and, and it's building, I'll get caught up in the energy of my emotion about Tom and really feel like it deepens the whole room and the whole show, and it's this really great deepening energy. And I'm sure that there was some effect of that in this moment also. Let's go to number five, songs that I've released. I think this song is about your anguish as you try and get ready to uh, release your CD, release your music. Is the release there on both levels? I mean, it's like you release an album and it's also, I'm letting go of this. Yeah, so it's a birth process. It's like this this thing that's come from deep with inside me and it's been you know, processing inside my body and my spirit for who knows how long. I think this album for three years, this was just sort of the energy of this album was bringing itself together to come out of me. And so it's kind of having this album out in the world feels a little bit like parenting. Not that I know really what parenting feels like, although I've, I have parents and I've talked to parents about it. It seems like there's some balance between wanting to control, have control over the effect of these songs on people and their impact on the world and also wanting them to be free because I've released them and I want them to have their freedom. You know, there's always this process of releasing it and that that can be kind of painful and it can also be hard because I have all these deep expectations about what their impact will be on the world. So the language is built into this spiritual practice of releasing. You know, we say in this culture, I'm going to release this CD. And I think that has much deeper implications of release, like letting go so that they can just be and people can create their own relationships with the songs. So do you think you've released the album or are you still checking up, giving it a curfew, what time it has to be in by (laughs) checking your website daily, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm still in that process. I actually had a leading about two months after I originally released it at Guilford College to change the order of the songs, and it was a really powerful leading, and I, despite having a lot of other work to do on Will's album, 
I did. I, I went ahead and changed the order of the songs. So that meant redoing a lot of the artwork and advertising that I had switched the order. I'm feeling like taking that step has really helped me to feel more at peace with it because something was just not feeling right about it. But I'm, I'm certainly still in the process of releasing it. I feel, I feel pretty peaceful about it. We parents do that constantly. We think we've released our kids, and then we have another level to go over. So I promise you a <laughs> lifetime of that. My mom is nodding at yeah, that. Your mom's over there, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> Would you do for us songs that I've released? I think, I, I think I'll do it, yeah. I have to be the leader of a group of high schoolers in 20 minutes. So, so you got to play real quickly. I'm going to play well, Let's see this blazing guitar. <laughs> John Watts' songs that I've released. I've got to release these songs. I've got to release these songs. Yeah. I've got to release these songs. Release them. I've got to release these songs. Okay. I gotta release these songs Even when I wanna hold on The thought if fault is wrong As long as I can live, I can love Maybe even longer than that And if you ask me when I'm coming back Ask me again And then run and tell a friend Cause I ask that every minute and while you're out of this body, I'm living in it while you're thinking in details. Yo, I'm feeling infinite, a little bit of pain, a lot of symptoms, that's the language of the body. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. So listen into symphony. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. So listen into symphonies. And if the chords don't match up, pretend it's meant to be A little instance of forgiveness for the symphony And that forgiveness that you've given me, that shit is meant to be And that's the grace of good intention We hold on to this fever, never ended Living and sinning, and pretentiously intended But not far from the beginning You just may find that you were never pretending You were never pretending You were never pretending You were never pretending I can live intentionality, anticipating costs I can feel emotion deeply till there's no emotion left I can feel my lungs collapsing, I can fill them with my breath I can open up my eyes, I can close them if I want I can eat breakfast for dinner, dinner for lunch Or combine them all together and call it all brunch, oh brunch I can live into the victim role where damage takes a toll I can stop doing anything when doing it gets old I can be a living healer, prescribe love for pain I can show you how to do it, I'm dancing in the rain I can climb trees, I'll let the trees find me I'm so free and now so are these songs That I've released Released there it went. There it went. Mindful of the time, you have to be somewhere else. You want to do the last one? Mm. Let me let me listen for a moment before. Let mm-hmm. me feel that. I think I'm done. Actually, I think. You done. Yeah. Well, in that case, I just thank you for sharing your songs. I know some people who would like to get on Bull and Mouth record label. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that still? Are you producing CDs for other folks too? Right. So 
the idea was that this that year at Pendle Hill would be sort of an experiment. I would dive in to the passion, which is my music and spirituality, and then I would take a break. <laughs> and, you know, just coming out of college to start a business, you know, have the intention of entwining spirituality and art and money, those are really intense things to create a relationship between. And so I'm needing some time now to sort of reevaluate where I'm at with it and not try and push it forward a l- too much. So I'm going to spend this next year at the meeting school in New Hampshire, hopefully, you know, get some time there to reflect on this past year. And in late 2008, I'll start reexamining, you know, doing more recording work. And Will and Josh have one more year at Guilford College, so I'm hoping to go down and visit them and, and maybe have some more dialogue with them about what they're vision is for the future of Bull and Mouth Records, because I'm not wanting it to be just my vision. The gift that I'm getting out of it is that it's a coalition of artists, and they're selling my CDs, and I'm selling their CDs, and spiritually, we're, we're all meeting with each other in order to support each other in, in the moving forward of this relationship between art and spirituality. So, The fact that you're taking a break doesn't mean that you'd object if people went to your website, learned about your CDs, and then ordered some? No, that's why the website's there, yeah. Bullandmouth.com? Bullandmouthrecords.com. Bullandmouthrecords.com? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll link that up on my website so people can come to northernspiritradio.org. They'll find the link to your website. Great. And we'll get the word out there. That, Of course, they'll, they'll have heard this song of the soul. Thanks for sharing it so much. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Okay, John. Thanks, and thanks, everybody, for being here. Well, John had to go on his way to go to work with the teen program here at the Friends General Conference gathering. But there was one more song that he had anticipated, including in the Song of the Soul. It's a tongue-in-cheek song about egotistical parts of our society. So I'm going to play it for you. And the name is I'm Great, and we think that John is great. So even though this is tongue-in-cheek, we really mean it. You're great. This goes out to John Watts, who's on his way out the door. I was walking down the street, I got beats in my feet, I need something to eat. I'm a bounce from the sound, I get a pound of mouse, pals around, sauce, I frown to put down the bounce, sauce, the ground is shaking, making figures, saving makers, hanging neighbors, two favors like fingers, savers, helping people meet their makers, sing it out for a second, trace the pull, sure, I got a bull, sure, he flies around, telling me how profound I am, that I should form a band and call that hand up your river, I began something here, begin, can we appear to be first, or rehearse, and he curses, he purses, he purses, and mercy, and dirt, coming from a place where it hurts, and this verse is over. Well, I'm great, living in a John Watts state I take a late pay, day rate, rivers and great lakes The date may break, say, we can put late, hate, delay I'm playing the beat, forget your crate, okay Hold involved, I'm in the long bomb, falling from the bogs of Boston, and I'm long gone looking at the fog. 
Yo, I'm long gone looking at the fog It's like, I've got something that I could have told ya I'm not telling what my soul involved Cause I'm out doing nice, got to be nice Living at night, I'm gonna live in building sentimented with enough rice well, I'm great, living in a Jamaat state. I took a late fate, day great, rivers and great lakes. If fate may break, say we could play, hey, delay. I'm playing the beat for get your crate, okay. a song called I'm Great. It's from John Watts' album called The Art of Fully Being, something I tacked on as little extra to the end of John Watts' Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy.